feel like we need to change the name of, of the podcast, Ben. You know, it's the RT Film Podcast with Ben, Jacob and Charlotte. But based on the last few episodes, it's been the Arctic Film Podcast with Ben, Jacob or Charlotte. Ben's always here. You're always here, mate. But me and Charlotte, we keep dropping like flies as uh, per this episode where Charlotte unfortunately cannot be with us. But uh, hey, I'm back this week. Did you miss me? Uh, yeah, we did miss you. And um, like, I mean, I gave you two the biggest fright. You did. You did. So um, for the listeners out there, last episode which was promising young woman and actually the podcast i'm most proud about and it kind of potentially worked better that jacob wasn't here but um why because i think it led to a more honest conversation um how so i feel like me and charlotte agreed on certain things that would have been awkward if you came in and disagreed on which i probably would have knowing yeah so listen to that episode it is the one i'm most proud of because of the discussions we had but anyway, we get to 10 o'clock, which is when we record these, and me and Charlotte are there, and we're just talking, and then we get to 8.30, and we're like, where's Jacob? You and, get um, to 10.30. What? Get to 10.30, you just yeah. said got to 8.30. We got to 10.30, and we're like, where's Jacob? <laughs> well, fuck him, we're starting. Anyway, um, and then he's not responded, he's not messaged, We've and then it gets to about... Then we both go off and get drunk uh, separately. Yeah, and then like I wake up at like three in the morning to about twenty missed calls from Bell and Charlotte. Very sweet. Why voice didn't now, you yeah. message me at three in the morning? I was up. I that did night. message you at three in the morning, and you got you did not reply to me. Oh, I must have just uh, plummeted to sleep at that point because yeah. Uh, but I basically, as an eighteen-year-old, I fell asleep at about half seven, uh, so therefore missed the missed the entire podcast. And I'd actually watched the film as well. I, I fully, I fully did the. the oh, what do you think of the film? Was my prediction that you would hate it right? Yeah, it was right. Well done. I know then. my <laughs> prediction that Charlotte would love it and you'd hate it. I knew I was bang on with that. Um. Yeah. No. I. I really didn't like it. Um. The Oscars. Before we jump into the podcast, Ben, briefly, what do we think of the um, 2021 Oscars? Well, they were the greatest, greatest Oscars, in my opinion, because they went so downhill. Um, I loved it. Um, well, the great, the greatest Oscars, but for different reasons. Because it was carnage. Like, I'm a sadist. I like to watch things go horribly wrong. There was something epically amusing about the way it ended, which at 4.30 at night I just started barrel laughing. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard about it. What actually happened? Am I right in thinking that the, the person that won like the last award just wasn't there to receive it? Or Yeah, so what they did was they didn't do Best Picture last, which was a very stupid decision, because that's the like obvious ending. Yeah. They did yeah. Best Actor and Actress last. I think the... They've said it was because actors always give the best speeches, which is pretty much true, to be fair. But um, the problem happened when they put Best Actor last with Chadwick Boseman, who sadly passed away, legend that he is, favourite to win it. Except for the fact he doesn't, which makes it kind of awkward. And then Anthony Hopkins, who lives in Wales and is 84, so wasn't going to be up at four in the morning or fly to LA, let's... Let's yeah, be brief. In the middle of a global pandemic. And as Olivia Coleman said when she was asked about it, he's 84, he should be in bed. Um, right. Like, it was... So, um, he just wasn't there, and the awards ended, and it, on that note, and it just cut to credit. It was very entertaining. But we've had some other you... award show news that's just broke. 
NBC, the TV network, have cancelled the Golden Globes after what? all the controversy. Or, oh, after all the controversy, so that basically, we just lost him on the podcast. Yeah, basically, what happened was the like last week, the Golden Globes sent in their proposals to how to become less racist. And Amazon and Netflix looked at them and went, this isn't good enough. We're not going to submit our films and TV shows to the Golden Globes. Then once they did, other people like Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo, so basically the entire Avengers, started criticising them. And basically it came out tonight, NBC have said, unless they have a serious change, they're not going to broadcast the show. Okay, well this is big. I mean, it also did really badly in the ratings. So, yeah, do like, you think another network could pick them up or...? I don't think anyone will pick up the Golden Globes now. I think yeah, that award show. Really I think I think it's gone. Well. I actually think the second biggest award show, pretty much in the world. Yeah, let's is the second Oscars then Grammys, but for for film and TV. I I don't know. I think I would say like lots. There, I'd say the Oscars is definitely the best, but I'd say similar people have heard about the Globes to the Grammys. Right. If you get what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like, no, I do get what you mean. And you it's have... And it's just gone now. Yeah. Something like, also, the re also the reason, because I was thinking about this, the reason why the Oscars is top, Lady Gaga introduces herself as an Oscar and a Grammy winner, but she puts the Oscar yeah. first, even though Grammy's first alphabetically. So, um... Yeah, I mean, there we go. I mean, if Lady Gaga thinks it's the best... It's the bloody best. But, uh, um, it's yeah, good so to be back gone. doing this, Ben, isn't it? It's good to be back doing yeah, a podcast after a couple of weeks off. But yeah, I've had my actual A levels. You've been very busy and just needed a needed a breather. Charlotte, I know, has had some, some finals at university and lots of things going on and whatnot. But it is good to be back. Hello and welcome to the Arctic Film Podcast. It's just Ben and Jacob here, like the good old days. This is the podcast where we go into depth about everything that is going on in the world of film and television. And uh, we go very in depth and uh, also push the boundaries with some things to talk about, um, like Black Lives Matter and mental health and all things going on. Uh, that connects that with yeah, that. I love the, I love those discussions we have. I feel like that's the niche of our podcast. I feel like that is what we do best, not the films and TV part. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of why last week's episode was the one I'm proudest of because of the talks we had about it sexual was a beautiful, assault and beautiful conversation. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you listened back, but... Um... I mean, I don't know what you're on about, babe. <laughs> <laughs> you, you definitely didn't listen to it. No, I listened to see how the intro was. I'll tell you that. See, the, the intro was better than when I did it, and I got was, and you made a joke about my court case. Yeah, I did. Um, Charlotte is... <laughs> Which I did not have, by the way. I, I had no court case. Yeah, um, sorry, I just thought I would... Like that. Uh, anyway, yeah, you've yeah. been watching. Uh, open, open the show with a bit of fun. I like yeah. that. I like you've that been lot. watching. So after getting committed for murder, uh, I found the time to watch the Bad Batch. I've watched both episodes, and I'm going to be reviewing that for you today on the RTE Film Podcast. Trailer talk is back. A Quiet Place Two. The trailer for that has dropped. Also, Marvel have dropped like a trailer for loads of their new like content on Disney Plus. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, it's like a multi-trailer. It's a weird like, mashup trailer thing. Hmm. It's cool, um, it's cool. I cried in cool. it. Oh, well, Ben, that doesn't... Yeah, you do cry a lot. <laughs> yeah, and Jupiter's Legacy. <laughs> so, firstly... Yeah, Jupiter's Legacy, is that? Firstly, let's... What did you think of The Bad Batch as the biggest Star Wars fan I know? Yeah, like, quite literally the biggest Star Wars fan. Like, I'd be happy to start a Star Wars podcast any time now. Um, we could always turn this into a Star Wars podcast. 
Fuck off. <laughs> or a friend's podcast. Uh, only if I could have half of it to talk about How I Met Your Mother and the new How I Met Your Father spin-off that's happening later this year. I mean, we, we don't even have our Articufilm brand yet sorted with the podcast, <laughs> so let's not dive ahead. Anyway, <laughs> on to the Bad Batch. Cause on to this... the Bad Batch, mate. It was, um, okay, episode one came out on May the 4th, be with you on Tuesday. It was an incredible, incredible episode, man. It was like... The Clone Wars movie, it was like you were watching that. It was like being a kid again. It was an hour and seven minutes long, and it was so incredible. It, you know, there were so many Easter eggs in there, really, really gripping watch. There was a couple of mm, moments that I thought were a little bit childish, but ultimately I understand that it is a children's show, or no, not necessarily a children's show, but it needs to appeal to children to get them invested in the Star Wars franchise for future generations. Um, at points it was a little bit kiddie but I kind of could move past that uh, but no episode one man absolutely loved it the reaction um, on IGN and on Twitter as well was generally positive I'd probably give it like a 9 out of 10 I've for, heard for genuinely good things about this but about my feelings one. my feelings with the Bad Batch is same with the Clone Wars and the fact that fundamentally it is not, it's a kid show that a bunch of adults watch because they're huge yeah. Star Wars fans um, yeah. and like to praise it to the roof. But, but there um, are some amazing stories in it, nevertheless. Yeah, I'm sure. But here's my question, because look, I'm probably not going to watch this. But yeah. would it appeal to me as... Would it... Can you review Bad Batch so I don't have to? Yes, I did send you that text. <laughs> like, um, but your, your question would it would someone like me who has watched the films find okay. the man I've watched the first season of the Mandalorian and found it very very dull would I be able to watch this and enjoy it honestly probably not that's what I but thought ultimately I don't know many adults that if you I don't know how many adults would want to watch a cartoon as such. Cartoons in themselves. I mean, animated kidding. animation, adult animation is growing. I'm thinking of Big Mac and Bojack and Rick and Morty. I do but those are all darker. Star Wars, Star Wars animation is the best animation out there. I don't know. I think it needs. I will watch stuff that's darker. I thought the new Invincible show on Amazon was really good. But, um,. I think when it's for adults, it does really need to get quite dark. Or be Pixar. Like, Pixar I mean, is the to best. To be fair, though, Clone Wars, there was a literal beheading in it. Um, so for a child show with a beheading, yeah, um, make of that what you will. On to but it's because Disney, sorry, sorry, this is just the thing with Disney, they don't mind violence. Like, they marketed Disney Plus around Avengers Endgame, their family-friendly platform, were very happy to put Avengers Endgame quite forefront in a lot of their marketing. That film has a but character beheaded 10 minutes gay, in. Any, what was that series with the gay person? Yeah, Love, like, Victor. Like, I genuinely reckon I was quite tempted to make a game when I would just, like, spurt moments from Love, Victor, yeah, and try and find all the inappropriate bits and compare them to all the non-inappropriate bits in Avengers because, like... Yeah, we have this weird thing in culture where we're not screamish about violence at all, but we are screamish about quite a lot of romance and sex, which, in my but opinion, fair, though, this, is, my... this is my opinion, 
for an 11-year-old, it is more appropriate for them to see, not like a full-on porno, but like, not the worst sex scene ever. Like, yeah. if, if you know, like, a mild one, maybe, there's, there's a bit shown, but not a lot, than it is for them to see someone being beheaded or shot... Like I would yeah, say, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it for me is the awkwardness. Like I would never, I'd w- happily watch something even now as an eighteen-year-old. I'd happily watch someone get beheaded with my parents, and probably would have five years ago. But I would never want to watch like a sex scene or even kissing. I get awkward just watching that with my parents. Oh, I that don't. May just be me. This but is I know you. You and your mom love a good chick flick, don't you? Yeah, but when I'm watching things on my own and there's a sex scene, I do often just like press the 10 second fast forward until it stops. it's just awkward because you don't be watching i, I don't i don't want someone to come in and see you watching that yeah, i think sex what scenes are you are, up to i think sex scenes are perverted ideas anyway but um i right. still think we're more i think it's weird how we're more screamish about violence than we are about sex if yeah, you get why <laughs> i do fully get what you mean uh, and i think that's something in itself that would be great to talk about in more depth particularly when charlotte's back sometime on the podcast um, episode two of the Bad Batch, Ben. The reviews for this really not very good. My opinion on it was I was so bored, and it pains me to say it. Obviously, I'm going to watch the next episode because obviously I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I, I love the franchise, but it was boring, and I felt like not a lot really happened. There was a mild bit of character building, but it was just there was just no point of it. You know, they end the episode basically where we left off on the first one. Like it didn't add much to the story other than they're pushing this whole, um, like, taking on the mantle of bringing up a child, like being a guardian to a child, which, in my opinion, they've already done beautifully in The Mandalorian. I think they're kind of overkilling that and jumping on the success of that between Mandalorian and um, Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, a.k.a. The Child. I think they're trying to recreate that in Bad Batch. And in my opinion, I'm not not too sure how that's going to land because we've already seen the storyline plan out, so it'd be good to see more innovative is that that's the word innovative what what's the word i've lost yes pardon innovative but i mean people don't like to say this because people like to think it's revolutionary but the storytelling in star wars is beyond basic like it always falls into really basic tropes like how so this how it is you tell me a franchise, okay? You've riled me up now, man. Um, Star Wars fans listen oh, to I'm the Oh, I'm not saying Star Wars is bad. I'm not saying the films are bad. No, listen, I think they're very good. Listen to my point. Listen to my point. Listen to my point. I don't know. This is part of the reason I love Star Wars. And a lot of full-on Star Wars nerds love the franchise. It's because every single character... you'll be, You know, they'll be at a pub in Star Wars. Every background character pretty much has a fully fleshed-out story. You yeah, know, that's true. But that's incredible. not storytelling. That's building. just details. Star Wars has incredible details on world building. I'm not denying that. That's why it's a good film and a good franchise. But actual storytelling on the A to B is very pedestrian and basic. And the be- the bones of Star Wars, the narrative bones of it, have been done a thousand times. It's just got it's very good world building that makes people think that it's not. But if you're to strip it to a very and I like the films. I think the original trilogy are great films. But um I think the original trilogy and the um 
the prequels incredible. I I think also the fact I'm a big prequels guy. That's my favorite era of Star Wars. That is kind of mine as well, but um, just because I think the fight scenes and those are the coolest. But <laughs> like I do think there's an element of actually Star Wars George Lucas isn't a genius as much as people want him to, him to be. I think Steven, a, Steven I think Spielberg and Brian De Palma rescued Star Wars. Like, people forget that. And then Indiana Jones was Steven's... Yeah, but I'm talking about the original here. Okay. The, the bit that George Lucas was heavily involved in. Yeah. I mean, you don't like George Lucas because you think he, like, encouraged incest or something. No, George Lucas is a nonce, and they have him on recording being a nonce. But um, that's anti-encouraged incest as well. Like, let's let's not beat that around the bush. But no, I, I think... I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, his first film, American uh, something that came out in the 70s, is a really good film. But Star Wars, just look at the production behind it. He ne- he showed it to Steven Spielberg and Brian De Palma, and those two basically went in and post and saved the film. And then the second and third film had different directors. The guy who directed the second film, I can't remember his name, but he's done other stuff and is a really good director. Um, and then the prequels, I think a lot of talented people have worked. Yeah, on a lot stuff. of talented people worked on the original trilogy. A lot of really talented people who did other really good stuff worked on the original trilogy. Yeah, but, but didn't James, get the credit. Which was also George but those were directed by Steven Spielberg, the greatest director of all time. Like it is, it's either him or um, Martin Scorsese. So like, well, I don't think it's necessarily fair that you don't give George Lucas some credit. I, I'm, I'm not giving him no credit. Yeah, but I'm saying he gets all the credit when actually you look at the people who wrote it and weren't credited. You look at the people who saved yeah, it in post, in the, uh, Brian in the pre- De Palma and Steven Spielberg. The, the scripts which George Lucas... Yeah, so the original, the original trilogy... He did need help with. Yeah, the original stuff, he got the help, yeah, from geniuses like Steven Spielberg and Brian De Palma. And um, that's why they're great films. Then the prequels, when he tried to do it all on his own... Uh, which is too much for anybody, in my opinion. Yeah, but... Other people have done better. Peter Jackson did the Lord of the Rings trilogy at the same time. So, um, but I just, I think people like to think of Lucas as a god when actually he is only immortal and not the caliber of filmmakers of the people who help him out, like In Steven Spielberg. In world, he's like Yoda. And then you Yoda have... needs his yeah. other Jedi to help And you him. look at the sequel trilogy, yeah... Oh, I don't even want to get into this. No, but J.J. Abrams ripped off A New Hope for the first film. J.J. Abrams yeah. is also ridiculously talented. Like, he's a good... Um, yeah, I... And Ryan Johnson... A New Hope, but I know why he did that. It was then the second one and the third... The, the third one would have been even worse if he didn't come in and rescue it. I don't know. I think... I think it would have been a very interesting film. Um... Ryan Johnson, I think, did a really good job on The Last Jedi, but I know that that's me coming in as a non-Star Wars fan, which means... I mean, it's different. I do like I'm, how it took a risk. Yeah, I'm, an, I'm a film fan, which gives me a different objective view on the franchise. But I actually think what Colin Trevorrow, who directed the Jurassic World film, what he would have done on... Star Wars 3, I think, would have been really solid. he was meant to be doing it, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and then he was sacked. I think, um... 
I don't know. I think playing it safe didn't work. Um, but I think you know the the thing is when I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Um, when filming that final film, the actors still didn't know what the outcome was because they were still writing it and changing their mind. Yeah, I don't get how it you was never why no would clear you start... vision, Which for me as to why it didn't work is because they didn't have a clear vision. They should have had one from the off. Yeah, why would you start a trilogy without a clear vision? And that's the same view as why why would you get three different people to write and direct three films in a trilogy? Like It doesn't make sense. It's the inconsistency. I mean, all of the best trilogies are directed by one or two people. Um yeah. like so Or a collaborative group that work together. Yeah, I mean, you think of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. People refer to it as Peter Jackson. So excited Jackson's. for the new uh, Lord of the Rings, by the way. The, oh, the Amazon series. I'm as well, because Moyford Clark is in it, and she is unbelievable. Are you, a big, are you a big Lord of the Rings fan? No, but, like, I like the films, and I like the Hobbit franchise, and I'll, I'll watch I it. Am. I'm looking, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. I haven't watched the films in, honestly, over six years, but um, I, I, I think it's going to be good. Um. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, on to trailer talk. Uh, a yes. section that I was actually quite sad when we cancelled, or didn't cancel. It kind of got shoved to the back burner for the Oscars. Yeah. Um, and now it's back, and I'm excited about this because I was like talking about current things on the podcast. Yeah, and new things, things that are coming up. I like looking to the yes. future. Look forward to the future. Get excited for when we can go back to cinemas, which, Ben, I know you are unbelievably excited. Oh, I'm bouncing off the walls. Can't wait. One week. You know, Boris, today, uh, Dave, we're this He podcast. confirmed He's it. confirmed. We definitely can yeah. go back to cinemas. And we can like also... Two weeks? Uh, no, next week. Literally, Ooh. 17th. It's the 10th today, 17th. Next Seven week. days from now, Ben. And you know what else we can start doing? Hugging. And I, I, part of me thinks, when they were talking also, about... You still want to keep a metre... When they were talking, when you're not hugging. When they were talking about hugging, I think they were also talking about something else. I think it went I into think that was bit, fairly obvious. Yeah, it went into quite heavy innuendo territory. But um, as someone who uh, has hugged people in the past eighteen months, yeah, that I was a bit like, oh shit. As someone who has also been on dates in the past eighteen months, which I probably shouldn't admit to. I mean, if you, you know, you could go on a, a date outside for exercise. Yeah, yeah. Mainly walks. Mainly yeah. walking in coffee. And then... That's actually classed as a picnic. You could get fined for that. Not anymore. Picnics are legal again. Picnics have no, been legal have since late March. Yeah. Yeah, but um, we also... A Place 2. <laughs> Just look, I watched the trailer, man. I really I haven't seen A Quiet Place 1, by the way. But A Quiet Place 2 looked like a, a, a stunning a stunning piece of cinematography. Yeah, well, firstly, um, watch A Quiet Place 1. It's a brilliant film. Um, the second... I, I'm going to have to try and get around this discussion for you, not to spoil the first film. But... Um, I mean, you, you know I don't mind spoilers. Yeah, I love spoilers, but... Um, yeah, okay. I, spool, full spoilers for a film that came out three years ago. Um, yeah, I'm not I, sorry I if you haven't fun. watched the it. Aren't gonna be annoyed. If you haven't watched A Quiet Place, I am not sorry. Watch it now. Um, I'm helping you. If you haven't watched A Quiet Place, why are you? So anyway, we podcast? have the Abbott family who are returning. Um, after their farm pretty much got destroyed by aliens, uh, in the last film, they have to now go beyond their sand trail into the wider world while still being a hundred 
100% silent because the creatures, they still kill anything that makes a noise, as the poor little toddler in the first film found out. Um, now, I'm so excited to see what John Krasinski does with this film. He's, he directed the first one brilliantly. He's solid behind the camera. He's worked on so many great things. Um, and after the events of the first film, he at least now won't have to worry about hugely directing himself, even though right. he wasn't he was in the trailer, which I found weird. Like, having the flashback to him as the opening shot of the trailer. And yeah, they've done I this in all of them. I thought, because obviously I've seen, like, that opening shot's quite iconic. Mm. Yeah, but, like... It's have... very well known. I've seen it on many TikToks and, like, memes and just on things. And yeah. I thought, hang on, I've seen that before. It was interesting they went for that, particularly as the opening shot of the trailer, no? Yeah, so um, I kind of... I know that they wanted something big and bold for the first opening shot, and they used the same format trailer the whole way through, like they did in the first film. They literally spoiled the toddler being killed in the opening shot of the first trailer. But opening with a guy who died in the last film in the franchise is a odd thing to do because it just seems it is an odd thing to do and it, you know i saw online a lot of people raising the question are they going to do flashbacks to when he was alive right. we like, know they're doing shit. flashbacks to when it started that's pretty right. much been revealed i hope they don't do ghosts um you you sorry what you hope they don't do ghosts um right because like but wouldn't that kind of make sense with the with the whole vibe of it or no no, it's not a ghost story. Okay. I hope they don't... Has do... we shut down? No, what, when I mean ghosts, I hope they don't do what they did in season two, 13 Reasons Why, when they bring I her mean, back. I mean, I gave up on season two, 13 Reasons Why for that exact reason. Yeah, when they bring her There's back. There's a reason why. Season one, incredible. Season two is shit. I probably... Yeah, been... but you know, you know what I mean in the fact that in that film they have her coming back as a ghost and communicating with yeah. people. It makes no sense. Also, I don't want flashback scenes in this film because I don't want people talking. Like, so much of the film is done in sign language and because they have to be quiet. So it is a little bit weird doing flashbacks that will be loud and talky. That's... Yeah, because um, this is the film... Was it out for an Oscar? Um, no. Well, it got sound. This is the it film got that sound you thought should have won best something. It got sound nominations, which it deserved. And you think it should have won best sound? Yeah, I'm not sure if it did, because that was like three years ago now. Emily Blunt got really close for an Oscar nomination and did win the SAG Award that year. Um, because her performance as the mother is truly spectacular in the first film. Oh, and Ben, how annoying, by the way. She'll be great. Out of all the films we did for our Oscar specials, like the one that bloody well was the one that we couldn't watch. Yeah, so annoying. So annoying. I watched all those terrible films. Well, like Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman is a great film. It's my favourite film of the year. I so mean, far. no, it's not. But anyway, Killian uh, Murphy from Peaky Blinders is joining the cast as well. So he's a great Ooh, actor. Very That's a big signing. I mean, it's not the biggest. He's much bigger over here than he is in the States. He's done Nolan right. films, but he's still not A-list. Is Peaky A-list. Blinders bigger than the States? don't think it is he's not like a-list a-list joining no, but he's but he's still, still a very talented actor um anyway it's in theaters in the uk from may the 28th they made a big deal about um in the trailer going an experience that needs to be seen in theaters and they made a really big deal out of that 
and it did get me excited to go to the cinema and watch it. I have booked my tickets already to watch it. Aren't you going into a double viewing so you watch A Quiet Place 1? Yeah, I'm going to a double bill when the first two are back to back. See, how's the toilet situation going to work here? I have a very strong bladder. Are you going to be able to hold it for, what are they, two and a half hours each? Uh, one, I think the first one's only 90 minutes. The first one was short, if I... How are you still going to be able to hold the loop? Well, I got for Avengers Endgame for three and a half, for three hours, and this is only what, Did this you? will be, I what, half an hour longer? Yeah, I went to the loo deliberately. I knew a Fortnite thing was happening. They were going to play Fortnite. I thought, as soon as I've watched them play Fortnite, I can get to the loo. Yeah, anyway, um, that is a perfect segue onto the other trailer that happened, because after yeah. the huge Marvel has had some success with the TV shows, One Division, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think, I think what we're seeing is a lot of... You know, especially because of Disney Plus, but I think a lot of film franchises, even just going down that TV series route, I think it is the future. Yeah, I, I well, mini we've got the Lord of the Rings. Um, as yeah, so many Lord of the Rings like coming out. Uh, horror films started doing it a couple of years ago, but so also it's because lots of big actors now do one season miniseries, is, and I think the MCU or Kevin Feige realised that. Um, it's a good way to get secondary characters, get their development in, um, which is why yeah. it was WandaVision, The Falcon, The Winter Soldier, and Loki. Um, and also, the week, by, the week by week... If the, if the actor of Black, Pan uh, Black Panther was still with us, I would, I'm calling it now, he'd have got his own series. No, because that's a film franchise. Um, they're still... Black Panther's a film franchise. It The equivalent would be... Um, it's like Shuri would have got is like the character who would have got a series if the supporting characters in Black Panther aren't going to have to take the reins in the second film. But anyway, um, this trailer was three and a half minutes long, and the first two minutes is just like a montage of what we've seen before and being like, oh, don't you want to get back in the cinema and watch the story continue? And I was like, hell yes, I. It was just uh, kind of reminiscing. That was it? the bit I cried in because I was like, "Oh, I want to." It was because there noticed, was a point. There was a point where sense. they showed a lot of people. A lot of these trailers, both showing previous stuff. I think that really is reflecting the COVID times of not being able to go to the cinema for a, for. A but long also in this trailer, they did a really cool thing where they got footage from Avengers Endgame, but shot it in the theater with the fans screaming. No, so I yeah, so that's what amazing. got me because I was like, "Oh, I just can't." Because you're an MCU fan by accident. Yeah, I am. Um, in the sense that I, I, I'm an MCU fan by Stockholm syndrome. In the fact, I've had to watch everything to write about everything. So, um, and because I've had to watch everything, I've ended up getting invested. Um, but here, I kind of thought, as the trailer did, MCU here's all the films to look forward to. Four are coming out this year. So, um, and you just ignore my question. Yeah. MCU or Star Wars? MCU. It's the bigger franchise. It's the one that's earned more money. It's the one that's had more films. It's the one that's Listeners had of the RTU Film Podcast, help us sell this It's the one debate. that's had more Oscars, Benheath at gmail.com, or leave us a comment below and tell us whether you prefer the MCU or Star Wars. That is also my personal email address, so uh, 
That's the email address you put in the link on Apple. It is the email address I put in the link. It is also my personal email address. So, uh, well, what? That's your fault for putting it in the. In the <laughs> don't don't say to me you've just given out my personal. I've, email. I've not. I've Wait. not. I've not had a go. I was just like, yeah. If you want to contact me, that is my address. Um. Anyway, so, so do we have an article film email? Uh. Well. My personal email address started off as the Arctic film email, and then I just started using that for work, and then I started using it for my life, um, as email addresses often end up. Just so it's just a bit of everything. Yeah. Anyway, Black Widow is the first yes. one coming out in cinemas and on Disney Plus Premium, which I think is a disgusting move on July the ninth. Um, it's directed by Kate Shortland, who's famous for her indie films like Somersault Law and Love Berl- uh, Berlin Syndrome. None of which I've seen. <laughs> anyway, it's got Scarlett Johansson, who's returning as Black Widow, and it's, oh God, help me, a prequel set between a, a, a Civil War and Infinity. Is it Infinity War? This is when your MCU knowledge is tested. This is when I'm having a mind blank. What's the one before Endgame? Avengers Inf- yeah, Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah, I, I thought it was that. I think saying war twice in one sentence kills my brain. Anyway, we've got Scarlett, Florence Pugh, David Harbour and Rachel Weisz joining the cast. All of them, no, Harbour's not, but the other two are Oscar nominees. Um, actually, Rachel Weisz is an Oscar winner, let's be fair to her. Are they all joining for the uh, the premiere on the 9th of July? They're all, they've all joined for this film. They're all, they're all in the film. Uh, the trailers look cool. It looks a bit more action-y, a bit more hand-hand which a bit more grounded, which I always like, so I'm down. Then another hand-to-hand action. The MCU's going into martial arts territory with Shang-Chi. Uh, you know, is this the Shang-Chi one? Yeah, and the Legends of the Ten Rings, which had a trailer a few weeks ago, and um, I wasn't a, I didn't think the trailer looked great, if I'm honest. See, I saw this trailer on Twitter. I thought it looked great. I feel like it's the one I... I'm it's got not... a separate trailer, hasn't it, that yeah. came out prior? Yeah, yes, it did have a separate trailer that came out. It's like a teaser, there. isn't it? Yeah, I just think this one looks... I just didn't get on with the trailer. Um, I It's directed by Daniel, Destin Daniel Craig, who did Short Term 12, um, The Glass Castle, and Just Mercy. The first is a good film, the last is a mediocre film, and The Glass Castle is almost unwatchable. So his previous films don't fill me with... Um, hope um to be honest um all three of those films have brie larson in as um who's captain marvel in the mcu so could she be making a cameo before the marvels which comes out in 2023 i like i think there's a smart money on that bet considering those two have a working relationship anyway we've got simu lu taking over the role of shang chi who is a martial artist um that's his powers which is always interesting Simu Liu, who um, is famous for his for being in a sitcom, Kim's Convenience, and he's not even the lead in that sitcom. Uh, so I'm not sure he's going to be a great superhero type. And it's got Aquafina, who can be truly annoying in some things. So it's in cinemas on the 3rd of but September. I feel like everyone, every actor can be annoying in some things. Yeah, but there is something about Aquafina who... She was beautiful in The Favourite and should have won the Oscar last year for that. I do maintain that. But when she's not in... When she's brought in for comic relief, she can be annoying. Like, And it's probably is going to be a bit forced. Yeah, and it just... I'm not down for this film, if I'm honest. 
I'm a bit... out, of, uh, out of the films we've spoken about then, which one are you most looking forward to? The next one, uh, Eternals. Um, it's directed by Chloe Zhao, who's fresh off winning best, being the second woman to ever win best director for Nomadland, which also won best picture. Um, this, the 10 seconds of footage we saw of this film looks like a Chloe Zhao film, which is great because she's a brilliant auteur. Um, I know nothing about this film, which is also exciting me, other than the fact it's set in space and they shot it on location, which always makes things look better. Angelina Jolie has come out of retirement for it. They've also got Richard Madden, who should be Bond, uh, the hilarious Camille Nanjiani, and it's the first MCU film with an actual LGBT romance in. But they've said that I am very sceptical about how much they hide that. Will it be like when they did the whole Star Wars has a gay thing and it's in the and it's a kiss in the background, like really in the background? I mean, or Star the... Wars Resistance, which is the let's be honest, aimed for five-year-old series, um, which was released a couple of years ago, didn't really get much press. I've watched it. That's got two gay characters in. Yeah, but um, you know what I mean, like, like the big things. Yeah, they're like, oh, Disney loves to tease these big things in cinema. To look progressive, and then they did know, it with Beauty and the Beast, they did it in Rise of Skywalker, and then you're like, that's a single kiss in the background, or as in Beauty of the Beast, that is two guys looking at each other in the eyes. I mean, that's great. Anyway, other films. Other films. Uh, We've got Spider Man No Way Home coming out on, I think it's coming out on Christmas Day. Um, then next year, there's the new Doctor Strange, there's New 4, there's Black Panther 2, which will be interesting uh there's the marvels which is captain marvel miss marvel from the she's getting a disney plus series beforehand and the one who was introduced in one division who i forgot his name because it wasn't a great character and ant-man and the wasp quantumania guardians of the galaxy 3 and fantastic four are all coming out in the next two years to add ben, it's shit like this right that just makes me want to get involved in the mcu hype like it just sounds like such an incredible franchise which i think i'd love to be honest with you i think you would i just think the first five films are quite painful but once you get yeah. over them the last five films no actually the, the last first, ten films, no the first iron man was all right i then started watching the second one and got bored trips. yeah they get weak that between like one like phase one's not good but once you're through that, they were great films. But from one, oh, I think I'd really enjoy it. Anyway, it just, just seems like there's a lot to get through. Yes, like it is a bit of a mammoth of a task. It is many, many hours. Uh, quickly before we wrap, I do want to touch on Jupiter's Legacy, which is a superhero show um, on Netflix. Um, it's based around these the first superheroes are now in their eighties and nineties, still superheroes, and passing their. Um, Roll onto their children who are also superpowered. Um, now, one of the things, the only thing I liked about the show is how they had a quite a cool 1920s vibe in long flashback arcs throughout the season. It had like two simultaneous arcs, and the 1920s flashbacks um, added a lot to the show. It enriched the characters. It was something I don't think we've seen before. But otherwise, it's a pretty standard show that tries to say stuff about violence and politics and the way we live right now and should superheroes kill things but none of them really work none of the characters stood out um pretty much the only episodes with any plot are the first and the eighth and the middle six have you watched have you watched all the episodes i have and there was a large 
I actually fell asleep in one of them. Woke up a whole. Well, that's e- never a good sign. Yeah, woke up a whole episode afterwards, and nothing had happened. Like yeah. literally, and I know it's like saying, "Oh, nothing had happened." Well, I didn't witness it. The plot was in the same point at the beginning, and end when I woke up, and I solidly had been out for a full episode. So uh, yeah, it's not great, but it is watchable. Kind of reminds me of like a bad batch episode two scenario. It is watchable. Um, yeah, it's not as bad as I just made it out, but it's not. A great It could have been better, you wanted more. Yeah. Anyway, next week we've got... It's been a... What a sci-fi heavy week this week, I know. And next week we have quite a prestige week. We've got Moonlight. No, not Moonlight, sorry. That's... We've got... I was going to say, that does not sound like something that I'm going to enjoy. That's my favourite film of all time. And we've got The Underground Railway. review. Yeah, we've got The Underground Railroad, which is directed by Barry Jenkins, the Oscar-winning director of Moonlight. Um, that's a miniseries on Amazon. We've got Ryan Murphy's new show, Halstrup, starring Ewan McGregor as the famous fashion designer. There's Who the... we love. Yep, gotta love Ewan McGregor. Then there is also The Woman in the Window, the Amy Adams film, that has been delayed so many times, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be awful, but... I'm still going to have to watch it, and the second season of Trying on Apple TV+. Plus. So we'll see so you all we then. we are going to be talking about all that and more right here on the RTE Film Podcast next week. Is it going to be Ben with me and Charlotte? To be honest with you, I don't know, but I hope... With Charlotte whichever I... one of my co-hosts turns up. Yes, slash... Well, no, not necessarily turns up. But, oh, actually, to be fair, I didn't turn up because I was asleep. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Articu Film. Leave us a lovely comment, like, subscribe. Check out the Articu Film website to le- to read Ben's lovely reviews. Right, thank you very, very much for listening. We will catch you next time, and goodbye. Bye.